This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. Me, Mike Scott, Sam and Albert are here to prep you up for the weekend's trip to Arsenal. We'll talk you through it right after this. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast www.backofthenest.com Hello Preview Show listeners, this is Chris Hamley from the Review Show. If you happen to be, yeah, I said it right, if you happen to be listening to the Preview Show, enjoying Terence and Sam and probably Albert if he's not on holiday, you'll be thoroughly enjoying it and thinking, just please, please guys, why do you just preview the shows and you don't do a review at the end of it? Well, hello, we do a review, so come and check us out. Uh, our podcast usually drops on Sunday night or a Monday night if we play on a Sunday or a Tuesday night if we play on a Monday. But it drops some point after the game. We review stuff, we talk about things. Sometimes producer Sam talks about the cats behind the scenes and we have to endure that. Um, but yeah, join us, enjoy, subscribe, bye. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So those of you uh, those of you that are wondering where Terence has gone, he apparently uh, he punched a dog out yesterday and he's uh, he's dealing with a broken hand at the moment. So I am in his place this uh, for this pod, I'm afraid. So those Terence fans that are devastated, I apologise. But I am joined by the very able Sam Heskiff and Albert Curley. As Sam, how are you? I am all right. I'm. It's weird having a new host. But, it feels weird. That's yeah. It, but that's it's, it's fine because we've still got Albert here to take the piss out of. So everything's fine. Speaking of which, how's he doing? That's not how he actually hurt his wrist, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I did. I did wonder whether. Whether sort of the porn industry is going to be ground to a halt because he's 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 broken his broken his wrist, um, but uh, I'm sure they'll 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 manage to soldier on. How's your week been? Mine awesome, awesome. Not been first week first week after finishing a job, so uh, happy days. Okay, so what have you been treating yourself to? Uh, just not doing a lot really. You know the 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 wife's off. The boys offer his Easter holidays. So it's just lots of, um, you know, really sort of educational. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just pure pure fun. You know, nothing nothing outrageous. Yeah, procrastination. Went to a safari park. Saw a couple of monkeys going at it on the roof of someone else's car. Then another one ripped off an aerial. Um, so yeah, that's that's been highlight really. Okay. Has, has there been much booze involved? Not uh, up uh, up until this point, no. But it's essentially the start of a four day weekend, isn't it? So. Yeah. Well, let, this is a, this is officially a four day weekend. So let's discuss uh, what everyone's having to drink. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm gonna leave you three to it. So. I have treated myself to a couple of Peronis at the pub before the uh, pod, which may uh, may excuse me from being very good. Uh, and I'm having a Holston right now. Uh, what about you, Albert? Well, seeing as Terence isn't here and we can all speak honestly how we really feel, yeah, uh, I've just polished off a rather large gin and orange. Ooh, sounds good. Got full sounds Snoop Dogg on it for for this kind of weather. Yes. Sort of, uh, yeah. Give us a, give us a. You're pretty good with impressions. Give us a Snoop Dogg impression. Um, hey guys, Snoop Dogg here. H- how's it going? Word. I mean, I would not tell the difference between you and the real thing. Absolutely wow, not amazing. There you go. How about you, Heskiff? Any better impressions than that? Um, zero again? impressions. Absolutely zero impressions. Well, that's just uh, as good an impression of Snoop Dogg, in fairness, but. Thanks. What about what you're drinking? Um, same as always. Terry usually takes a piss, but I'm having a Moretti just because, again, they're the cheapest beer in Tesco. So, you know what? Spend? I, I'm not. He may be bearded and hipsterish, but I just like fairly strong lager, and I'm not going to be picky. It doesn't have to be made from a small craft beer brewery, and there's nothing wrong with a Moretti. Thanks. I went to I mean... recently, and you get it everywhere, and it's absolutely beautiful. So. There you go. I mean, I'm I'm bearded, not really a hipster, a bit of a twat, 
and I think it's all right. But then right. I only started drinking when I was 28. So I don't know if my palate's matured enough to drink his hoppy, light, pale, whatever it is he drinks. But that's dead fine. donkey or something, isn't it? Dead, dead donkey. donkey. Dead yeah, donkey that... cock or something. Yeah, Hearn Hill dead donkey cock. That's the one. What happened? Can I just ask, what happened at 28 for you to make you start drinking? Um, I worked for someone that I didn't like. Ah, okay. And, and it went one step too far. So I got wasted. And I haven't and I haven't looked back. Speaking of stepping one step too far, um I think the first thing we've got to discuss this week is Wayne Hennessy. Um and the fact he's been let off. Um which is surprising. I mean his defence being he didn't know what a Nazi salute was. Um what are your thoughts on that, gentlemen? Um I thought you were gonna make a goose stepping too far joke there. Oh, missed that. Yeah, missed that. Yeah, should should have stepped in. Um, Well, I mean, I don't know what's worse. Um, That being his excuse that he's never, he doesn't know what a Nazi salute is or that the panel who were, you know, listening to him bought it because it seems to have worked. Um, I mean, it's obviously a load of bollocks. Uh, I think there's there's proof of that, which we're going to touch on in a little bit, I think. Um, But he seems to have gotten away with it, which is fairly uh, incredible in itself, I think. Yeah. Albert, what's your thoughts? I don't know who is, I don't know who his defence were in the, in the, you know, the hearing, but are they available for, for the weekend to play against Arsenal? Because they've obviously, they're obviously very good at their job. They are obviously pretty damn good at their job. Either that or they're very good at bribing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but either way, I'll take it. And I thought, yes, I mean, Sam's right. I was, I was very surprised to see the verdict come out the way it did, and even more, even more stunned. Yeah, when you sort of delve into the case to hear that, you know, the the case was he didn't know what one was. Um, you know, not everybody can know everything, uh, but whether you know, don't necessarily believe that. But um, look, he's 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 got he's got away with it. So I'm sure Wayne's very happy. Are you are you buying? When people posted up the picture on Twitter of him doing not only the salute but the um, the tash, are you buying his excuse that he was just asking the waiter to come over? Um, uh, am I buying it? No, no. Um, but he's been he's been cleared in a in a legal case, so yeah, we all. I hate, you know order you know order of the sort of modern times. We have to respect the decision. Yeah, very true. Um, and I, I, at this finished. point, I'm going to read out a statement from someone. I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to say who they were because, you know, they might not want to be named um, on a podcast. But this is someone who couldn't understand why Hennessy got the flack he did. Um, and this is a comment on uh, Facebook, which I know can be quite a quite a conservative place at times. But this this person said, FFS exclamation mark. Is John Cleese a racist? Why do snowflakes get so righteous? Self-righteous, sorry. Was Max offended by this? Or was it just lads banter after a night out and a few beers? Who has never laughed at the songs on the terraces, which are now offending the poor PC brigade? There is more racist stuff on Facebook every day with Begam. I don't I don't know what that is. I think that I think that's like a isn't that like a Muslim princess or something but uh, Eastern Europeans and even Brighton comments that people may find offensive 
If we washed our mouths out with soap for all the blasphemy we utter, there would be no rainforests due to the need for palm olive, poor orangutans, glassed houses and stones. I think there should be a national melt of snowflake day. As Larry Grayson said, I love you all. So, in terms of the defence of Wayne Hennessy, uh, this man's clearly defending him, and I feel like uh, his defence lawyer must have been slightly more eloquent than that. But I can see what he's saying. He's saying, um, are we all too offended by uh, Wayne Hennessy uh, sticking up a Nazi salute? And I would have said, I don't think any of us were that offended by it. It's just that probably the goalkeeper of the club you support probably shouldn't be doing that on Instagram, really. Especially a man that um, a couple of years ago put a lest we forget uh, quote up, uh, lest we forget um, minute silence picture up on his Instagram, which you can still see. And Turns yeah, out he did forget. Yeah, well, a lot of people have replied to it, telling him he's a four-letter four word recently. Um, yeah. What, Nazi? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, other four-letter words. Um, yeah, so I, I think we'll leave it at that, but I, I do feel like maybe he's got off quite lightly. Um, let's get on to... Uh, Let's get on to a newspaper that made a bit of an error this week, Heskiff. Yeah, um, so it was a, a preview of the Manchester City game in the, the Times, um, where not only did they start by saying the game was on a Saturday, which is quite a good error, um, but they also were talking about how good Wan-Bissaka is. The problem being that the picture that was accompanying the piece was not a picture of Wan-Bissaka. It, in fact, it was a picture of Mishi. Um, so I think in the current sort of climate of, um, you know, racism in the, in the crowd and all these issues, obviously I'm sure that was a, an innocent mistake, but it's, it's not a great look for the editor or the picture editor or whoever it is who puts them in, um, to get the wrong player in there. Yeah. Well, it is the times and it, you know, the, and as we know, the right wingers don't like him. So (laughs) very good. 10 out of 10. Well, yeah, that that gives them a decent excuse. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it looks as though they've rectified the situation, though. When I looked on their when they looked on their website earlier, it's it's definitely Wambasaka with his trademark little weird thing coming out of his hair. So yeah, I think we're good. Um, let's get on to I think what probably really has interested Palace fans this week, and it's had nothing to do with our team kicking a football. It's uh, it's Brighton's week. So after a, a 5-0 home defeat to Bournemouth, um, the the press sold Cardiff Cardiff away at Brighton as uh, a sort of uh, a relegation scrap for the last the last place for the relegation places, and Cardiff managed to win two nil. Uh, Duffy apparently made himself his uh, uh, captain in his fantasy football league team for the week because Brighton were playing twice and conceded seven goals without scoring any so he's probably done himself no favours uh how much were you laughing uh this week albert um i found yeah it was quite a just seeing you know just the fact that it was warnock as well you know i'm, I'm no great fan of cardiff um i'm no massive fan of neil warnock outside of his crystal palace tenure um but you know when they're playing brighton i'm i might as well be full-blown welsh so um it was great. It was great to see, and you know, there's some comical, comical errors in their last two games, and you know, it's really set up a, quite an interesting. Obviously, our bias aside, it's set up quite an interesting 
it's not really a race to the bottom, is it? You don't really do that. It's a race for survival. So yeah, um, and if it, I'm kind of torn, really. You know, it'd be hilarious to see Brighton go down, especially after, you know, giving it all the big and against us, and we can only imagine where they'd be had we not gifted them the six points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as as a neutral, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to to see how that's going to play out and. But, you know, do do we want them to go down or do you want them in the league so you've got a couple of decent derby games to look forward to? Aren't... Well, I know my answer. We certainly didn't have two decent derby games this season. I'd rather they... Uh, they <laughs> I didn't mean performances. Heskiff? Yeah, I thought it was hilarious, their performances. Um, I, I did put on Twitter that I don't really know how we lost twice to a, to a team this bad. Um, their defending was... I mean, sensationally bad in the two games. I actually watched uh, the Cardiff game, uh, which was great fun. Loved it. it on a totally legal um, stream like I watched it on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, yeah, as for whether they're going to go down, I mean, I think they'll stay up, to be honest. They've got a pretty rough run in, but I think they'll stay up just about. Um, but I think it would be quite funny if they went down. Like, uh, you know... I would like them to stay up if you could guarantee me we wouldn't, you know, roll over for them like we did this year. Um, but after they were giving it the mind, the gap and all that shit um, before Christmas. Who does that? I know. Before Christmas as well. Just pipe down. Guilty. Well, this is the um, question. Would you happily see us lose in order for Cardiff to go above them and stay in the league? Oof, that's tough. I never want Palace to lose. Um... But I've never been in this situation where it could mean that Brighton go down. So I honestly don't know. I would. I'd be, I well listen. I, I never. I never want to see Palace lose. Um, but bearing in mind, it wouldn't really bear any real significance on our league. You know, our sort of league status, as it were. I know everybody wants to go let's finish as high as possible because you get another whatever million quid for every league place. But you know, what I don't want to see us lose if it somehow conspired to contribute to Brighton going down, kind of take the sting off the loss, wouldn't it? Well, I remember we had a debate earlier in the uh, in the season um, and I think the question was, would you rather lose to Brighton and finish above them? And I said yes. Um, and I think Terence said no. Um, but I feel like I'd be very vindicated if... Brighton went down and we'd lost them twice. There was a few people on Twitter saying, Brighton fans going, oh, you, st- you lot still lost to us twice. And then people were just replying going, well, you're, you're going down. So you've just had Cardiff fans singing, you're going down with the Fulham. So, yeah, I feel quite vindicated. Um, yeah. Well, it's about status, isn't it? You know, forever in our shadow type mentality. Yeah, I'd, I'd take, I'd take uh, two losses against them, probably at the expense of finishing above them and if if you know you throw in a relegation into that yeah. then yeah we can you know we can we, you know we can say we charitable we gave them six points and they still managed to gnaws it up yeah well or, or the thought is they haven't they haven't won since they beat us so did we lull them into a full sense of security in the first place in which case job done um and i think we'll be lulling cardiff into a full sense of security when we put uh IU on the pitch and Hennessy in goal as well. Let's let's hope anyway. Um, let's let's also talk a b- bit more about this week, and we'll stick with Brighton slightly. Um, two of our finer um, finer members of the Premier League got sent off this week, um, and 
they I'd call them Palace adversaries. Troy Deeney and Anthony Knockhart both got sent off this week. Um, that was pretty funny, wasn't it? Both of those both of those red cards were fairly amusing, uh, particularly Deeney's, which I think perhaps arguably, let's say, wasn't a red card. Um, Knockhart's was absolutely brutal. Um, it's been a, it's been a really good week for laughing at, at, at other teams, hasn't it? It has. I mean, I didn't think the Deeney red card was a red card, so. It, that actually made it even better. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't at all, was it? Let's be honest. And, you know, the fact that it wasn't and the fact that he showed too much of his cojones against Arsenal um, just after they'd already let in a really comical goal. Um, yeah, I love that. I thought it was brilliant. Um, Knockarts was just, a, I don't know what he was doing. He's an idiot. We all knew he's an idiot and he's proved it there. So, yeah, laughed at that as well. Well, did, did you see, I think it was on Match of the Day, it might have been... Sunday supplement. Um, they they highlighted sort of a middle aged Brighton fan as he was going off, walking off, um, just standing up with his hands in the air, going why? And I mean, it was the most pointless red card of all time, but it it kind of just sums up their week. And it, I mean, all we're probably doing here is is basking in the glory of a team that we hate doing terribly because we haven't had a great week. But you've got to sort of cling to these things, really, haven't you? You do, especially when our, you know, home form, where, we, you know, the majority of Palace fans go and watch the team. This season's been pretty rough, you know, if if it takes, if my week gets better by laughing at Knockhart being an idiot and Troy Deeney getting sent off, then, yeah, I've got no problem with that, to be honest. It's just annoying because the, the Knockhart red card is, you know, it's the one that he should have had against us in, what was it, the first yeah, that's very true. 40 seconds of the game, you know, it's... I'd, I'd almost argue that the challenge he made on Luca was almost worse than the one he actually got sent off for a few weeks later. But, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing and we can't dwell on it. Yeah. They're going down. Yeah. Uh, well, as long as as long as they don't get any more victories after that one where they beat us, we're all good. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on to looking ahead at the Arsenal game right after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Right, so we have Arsenal away at the weekend um, and let's be honest, the last few seasons we haven't done particularly well against Arsenal. We all remember that 3-0 home win which you know seems like yesterday it was absolutely beautiful but actually our record against Arsenal is pretty f- terrible um we did that we got the two all draw this season at home um which at the time represented a, a, a large majority of the goals we scored at home um but in the in the past few seasons just having a look now um we've got two draws one victory and before that the last time we got a point off them was back in 2004 so you know it's going to be a tough old trip um are either of you gentlemen going down there yeah, I'll be going. Every year I say I'm not going to do it um, because I've never seen us beat Arsenal live. I missed the 3-0, typically. Um, and even, we were even jinxed, even when we we lost to them 4-1 last year. Um, my wife, Vanessa, and I were in Portugal and she got food poisoning. So, I hate Arsenal. It's was, was better than um, watching that game, I can tell you. Well, I got a text off my mate, Miserable Dave, who is is known to people who listen to the, the preview pod. 
Um, he texted me from the concourse after th- 14 minutes of the game where he was getting a beer and it was a, it was sort of like looking through the concourse to the pitch where there was like a, a minuscule Wayne Hennessy. Uh, and as it turns out, they didn't go back to their seats after that. So they saw 14 minutes after of the game. 14 which minutes? Like, yeah. Wow. So there's someone more miserable than me. Even I would have gone back to my seat. My record's the Sunderland game. Um, and that was that was half time. That's my record. Fourteen minutes is pretty impressive. And what about you, Albert? What's your record for leaving a game early? Uh, I don't think I've ever left. I don't. I've definitely. I've definitely never left early out of disgust. Um, I, I wasn't what at the Sunderland is? game. Oh no, I. I've never. I didn't. I think the game. The, the, I tell you what game it was, and it was again. It was more. It was more for having to get the last train because it was midweek and I was travelling all, all the way back to Watford. Was the it was the Villa midweek game where Ben Teke like mugged off. I think it was Scott Dan, like right out on the touchline, and then came through and like banged one in. And I've probably left fifteen minutes before the end. But again, that was that was half disgust, half I'm not going to get home if I leave now. But out of out of sheer sheer depression I don't think I've, I've never left early and I'm, not, that, not, and I'm not saying that was as that the game we lost 1-0 when goal yeah okay no it nah. was Ben Teke like bullied I, th- I think it was, it was either Scott Dan or Martin Kelly I'm not sure uh, it was Scott Dan it was it Scott Dan bullied yeah. Scott Dan off, off the ball like all my, in my head it's almost on the halfway line right out on the touch line as well and um, just bullied him off the ball and like just like galloped towards the goal in a way that he doesn't do any more, <laughs> which only makes it more annoying thinking about it. Um, yeah, and like, and banged it in, and it was just one of those annoying shit midweek games. It was like, right, I'm off. Bye. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was like uh, probably 15 minutes, I reckon. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, let's assume that it's going to go better this this weekend. Um, what what do you think we can do to uh, to make sure? I mean. They've got an excellent record at home. So what can we do to sort of start with damage limitations and then, you know, see see if we can get a point at the very least? What, what, what do you think the tactics are that we would need to employ? I think he's probably going to do as usual. You know, what we saw recently, um, Spurs away. Uh, I guess that to some extent Man City, um, you know, let, let them have the ball, keep it tight. Try and stay in your stay in your lines and, that's, and look that's to not break. Well, recently though, is it? It hasn't. I mean, it, in principle, it's it's fine, and I think we're we're all right at doing it. But there has to be the balance of getting the breaks. You know, you have we have to do better at getting the ball forward to Wilf or Andros, or if Benteki plays, get get it up to him, and and have and you know something that we didn't do against Man City was have runners going past him. You know, he won a lot of the ball in the air, Benteke. Um, in fact, I thought he was our best player. But a lot of the headers he won, there was no one anticipating. Um, and was, I don't know if that's because we... he was we... our best player? Benteke against Man City? Yeah. I did. Yeah, I thought he was good. Okay. I, I, I didn't You're... expect that to come at your mouth. I won't lie to you. Um, okay. But no, look, I think he I think he won a lot of the ball and you know, it's tough 
when we were playing with Mishi up front, he didn't, he, you know, he wasn't a big presence. He, you know, that's not his game. I understand that, but he didn't really offer us a huge amount and we were lumping the balls up. And I think at least with Benteke is he gives you that option. But if we are going to do that, you know, we really need to have Wilf and Andros or whoever's in the midfield getting past him or looking to get the second ball. Because if we don't do that, then I think we're going to have another Tottenham game where as soon as Arsenal score, you know, the game's done. Well, do you, do you, I mean, my feeling on Benteke against Man City was because the game was so pedestrian speed, because they they played it so slowly and made us play the same speed. Um, Benteke was sort of more in his element because hold-up play was exactly what was needed. I mean, against Arsenal, surely it's going to be quick breaking is going to be what's needed. And I'm not sure... It, He's conducive to that, is he, Albert? No, but I'd, I'd like Sam. I'd almost, I'd uh, yeah, I'd be happy to see Benteke start on, you know, start the game against Arsenal for because as good as as good as Arsenal are, or I certainly have been at home this season. I still think they're soft. I think, still think they're soft at the back, and you know they don't like they don't like centre halves who you know put themselves up about a bit and challenge for the high balls and you know and so play that more sort of bullish game in what you're saying here I'm, I'm sorry I'm t- I'm trying to listen but it's just euphemism. you bet your baby <laughs> um so the, I mean listen Arsenal are playing right now and it's Thursday so who knows what team they're going to put out on on the weekend but you know yeah for me I think I, I'm, I've said it I said it last week I said it the week before I'd really like I'd really like to see somehow Batshuayi and Benteke in you know in the same in the same lineup. Whether that's going just four four two with Wilf and Andros just playing sort of traditional, you know, wide wide right and wide left, and and maybe Batshuayi does a bit more playing off the shoulder of Benteke, who yeah, hopefully does a bit more of that hold up play that we saw against City. But like I say, Arsenal have always had a, had a sort of soft you know a soft belly. So let's let's try and exploit it with. You know, we're away from home. We, we we're not going to see a lot of the ball. It's it's going to be a case of get it, get it out the field as quick as possible, and yeah, we're going to need someone who's a bit stronger and can hold the ball up and hope and hopefully, as Sam's alluded to, get people sort of nearer and trying to trying to get the layoffs or the flick ons and and see if we can exploit them that way. So so say he only plays one striker. Do you think Benteke's done enough to be in a starting eleven then, both of you? Mm, yeah yeah. If it's if it's just, if it's just one up top. For me, I'd I'd give Benteke the nod, you know. But I, I said it again last week. Batshuayi is not our player. You know, we've got four games left this season. I can't see us. I can't see us going anywhere near Batshuayi. But just for price tag alone, whether we want him or not. Though? I mean, it's, it's beginning to seem like a waste of money. I'm I'm not prone to disagree with you, Mike. <laughs> Paid five and a half for Jordan Much. So if we if we you know if we take it in context, he's all right. Yeah, I think, but I think the thing with with, with Batshuayi is that I think when you're, you know, if he's playing for Chelsea or Dortmund, and he's good in the box, you're going to get loads of chances. So he's fine and he does very well. But I think for us, he needs to do a lot more off the ball. He needs to do a lot more with the ball in terms of holding it up and bringing the midfield in. And that's just not his game. So I, you know, I, I think it's a bit of a struggle for him to be as effective for us as he is for clubs who play a certain way and only need him to sort of come alive in the box or whatever. Whereas with Benteke, I mean, if we don't really play to Benteke's strengths either because we're not, we're not crossing the ball at head height. But um, I just think, yeah, like, like Albert said, if he can sort of bully, bully the centre-backs a bit and 
you know, hold the ball up, then maybe we've, you know, we'll get something out of it. But, you know, if you look at the gaps between midfield and and, and the striker at, at Tottenham, that might be a pretty fanciful um, wish. I mean, it sounds to me like you're, you're hoping that there'll be some sort of beautiful love child between Batshuayi and Benteke where all the best parts of both of them will come together and we'll have some some lovely amazing player that holds the ball up and shoots um, and I dream of that too and hopefully one day it will happen um, but at the moment I, I feel like it sounds like both of you think that neither of them are going to be the answer on, 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 on the weekend so what are your predictions? Do you reckon we're going to end up with getting a point or is it is it looking like we're going to go go down as we usually do? Well, I, I think, you know, what's important for the for the result, I mean, especially if we consider Schlupp's out, I would assume. I've not I've not heard anything about it, but, you know, him going off injured. Well, I was going to come on to that in a minute. I, I, I asked, asked who's playing in midfield, but yeah, let's go with the result and then we'll see. Well, I mean, my prediction, usually, no matter who we're playing, is a defeat. But certainly, Arsenal away is going to be it's going to be too much for us. Um, you know, they, they they do look soft in some of the games that I've seen, and they still have the same problems they had under under Wenger in defence. But at home, when they get going, they're very hard to contain. So, I can only see a, a, a home win. Okay, and do you reckon that uh, we'll score? Because that, that, I mean, that that that's my major issue at the moment. I can't see where the goals are coming from unless we, you know, the weekends. Let's be honest that that goal from that goal from Milivojevic, any other time it would have just hit the the kneecaps of the wall. So, I'm I'm struggling to see where the goals are coming from. Um, do Do you think we'll manage to bag one against Arsenal? Uh probably not to be honest i mean what what what's a shame is that you know i i think defensively on set pieces they're still they're still crap um different you know we, we should be trying to exploit that but we don't really look dangerous from corners even with scott dan in the team you know a few seasons ago scott dan was a real threat um but the ball's not really getting to him even now so well, you know, in in the sort of situations you would think that we'd have a good chance of of nicking a goal, um, we're not really doing much with it. So, um, I I reckon we won't score. I reckon it'll be a three nil win for Arsenal. Really, and uh, just before we go on, Scott Dan, what, what what's your thought on that, Albert? Uh, unfortunately, similarly pessimistic as old Grumpy Balls over here. Um, but slightly more optimistic, and I think we'll score. So I actually think we're going to lose it 3-1. Well, that is depressing. Um, yeah, I just want to get on to Scott Dan, because we discussed him in the review pod a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, a ball. I think it was a corner came over, and uh, he went for a header, and Venteke got to it first. And he looked absolutely livid with him. Um, but I sort of wonder whether... You know his his communication skills, which have always been in question since he's come back, have been have been even worse. And you wonder defensively whether it's affecting him. And even more than that, going forward, if if he's not going, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Um, are we going to see those sort of classic Scott Dan goals again, 
Or, you know, is it time that he maybe at the end of the season goes off maybe into the Championship or something like that? What do you reckon, Albert? Um, I still think... I mean, I don't know how long he's got left on his contract, but I, I still think there's a place for Scott Dan yeah. in our squad. You know, I, you know, I'm not having a go at him. It, you know, it's not an ability thing. I, I do think he hasn't... He's definitely not fully, you know, found his, his fitness and his sharpness since that injury. Um, you know, and in his defence... But many, many would struggle. You know, would struggle to. You know, it's a really, really long-term injury. Um, it's just, but I, you know, he's he's been so he's been so good for us over the years. I think if, if there's if there's time on his contract, then I'd certainly keep him around and, and you know and 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 see, and see if he can get back to to what he was. Because even if he only gets two thirds of the way there, you know, as long as Sacco and and Tompkins are still here next season, that's we all know that's our preferred centre centre back pairing, and uh, you know. Uh, a fully fit, but maybe not as effective. Scott Dan is is a perfectly good squad player in my opinion. So I, w- I wouldn't want to see him get binned off unnecessarily unless he felt he needed the change. What do you reckon, Eskif? Um Yeah, I, I I'm happy to keep him in the squad, but I think you know, providing certain things happen, we stay up, which I think we will. We keep Sacco and Tonks, and they stay injury free. Was say say we don't say one of them goes. Um, then, yeah, I mean, I'd keep him as the third centre-half. I'd probably have Kelly above him in the pecking order. Not the main choice? Well, I'd play, I'd play Tonks and Kelly. OK. Um, I'd have Dan in reserve. I mean, th- there's reports that we're after this fairly young centre-half from Brentford, which is probably the sort of signing that we should be making. I don't know much about him, but, no, you know, really. if you have like a sort of promising youngster and you give him the odd game here and there, he plays in the cup and then you can bring him in, you know, a bit more regularly, that that will be good, but... Yeah, I mean, Scott Dan ha- hasn't looked his best, I don't think. You know, his pace is obviously not not there at all. Not that he was the quickest, but we'll see how that's going to stunt him against a team like Arsenal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I keep him once a squad player, but, you know, I think his time as a, as a first-choice starter, um, as in when everyone's fit, it, it, are gone for us, unfortunately. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, and let's just quickly get on to the last issue that we want to discuss about the starting eleven. If Schlupp's injured, what's going to happen in midfield? How's Roy going to deal with that? How's he emotionally going to deal with not being able to select Schlupp? Uh, it's going to be tough for him, isn't it? Like having to actually choose Kuate as a starting eleven player. Yeah, I think we should all just make sure that he's all right to start with. Yeah. Roy, that is not Jeff. Um, he's obviously he's had a know, week to get over it. He has. I mean, it's a big loss, but you would think a, a week should be okay for him. Um, I, I, yeah, I reckon it would just be it would just stick Kiarty in there and have Luca, Jimmy, and Kiarty as a midfield. Seems like the most Roy solution going by what Bit he's done Max. this season. Uh, I don't think he'll play Max. I wouldn't mind Max. I think if you have a midfield of Luca, Kiarty, and Maya, that would be quite exciting to watch. But I don't think Roy will do it. I think pulling Max after the first half the other week sort of shows that he's not really Roy's favourite player. Um, And I just don't see, especially against one of the, you know, so-called bigger teams, I just don't think Roy's going to deviate too much from the norm. So I reckon, yeah, straight swap with Kiate, to be honest. Okay, what do you reckon, Alvin? Do you reckon um, Max did enough in the last few minutes against Man City to, to... Get a bit more this week, or is it going to be the the same just with Kuwaiti? 
I think it was. I think if if we were at home, we might see Max come in for Schlupp. But I imagine the club are frantically trying to find a Jeffrey Schlupp lookalike, shove the shirt on him, and, t- and tell Roy that he's made a, a magical recovery just to to keep Roy on a level. You know. Um, okay, so we're assuming that it's going to be a fairly similar first eleven to what to what finished. To, sorry to to what was in the middle of the game against Man City. Um, do you reckon it'll be a four four two or a four three three, Heskiff? Um, probably a four three three. Um, uh, what what I think will happen, which I'm worried a little bit about, is what I mentioned earlier with the you know the massive gaps between yeah. midfield and 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 the the forward line. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll go four four two. Maybe if you know it's two nil in the 80th minute, he might go four four two and just stick Wilf up front. But I think he'll start off fairly sort of conservatively, um, and then yeah, probably change it when it's too late. Yeah, probably. And what do you reckon? What would you like it to be, Albert? I'd like it to be a just a balls out four four two with the the Belgian the Belgian double act up top. But we all know it's not. And jo- I think even Jonathan four three three is probably gone. In fairness. <laughs> Oh uh, dear! What what whatever happened to Jonathan Benteke? Bless him. Um, but I think it will be. I think four three three is a bit generous. It's going to be some sort of four five one, and maybe four three three if we ever get a glimpse of the ball. Um, but yeah, we we all know what Roy's like. It's going to be keep keep it tight and trying it certainly for the first half and try and exploit any sort of avenues on the break. But whether we get any remains to be seen. I don't know. I'm a bit more confident that Arsenal are going to give us a bit more than. Spurs, Man City have recently. I, I, I feel like um, we'll be able to play more on the the break in the, the sort of speedy way that we certainly haven't done against both of those sides. But that might just be me after a couple of beers getting optimistic. Um, in terms of optimism, let's have a read about what the members of this parish have guessed as the results. So Hambo has gone for a 2-1 win to Arsenal. Ed's gone for a 2-0 win for us which is yeah, that, I mean that is ridiculously optimistic Mikey's gone for a 3-0 defeat and that's pretty standard Mikey uh, I went for 2-1 Arsenal Patrick's gone for 2-all again that would be great I mean Saipizzi's si, si, si gone for that as well as has Tim um, I think that 2-all draw at home was I can't see that happening again uh, and Terence with his broken hand, has gone for a 3-1 defeat. So, uh, he's think- he's thinking fairly similar to you two, which makes me think that the preview podcast lot are usually more pessimistic than the review pod lot. Um, which is fair enough. I, I, think, we'll, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Um, any last comments from yourself, Heskiff? Uh, I need another beer. You need another beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and any any last comments from you, Albert? I was hoping that uh, previous week's prediction league would have been mentioned. Um, oh, well, that's all right. I've got, it, right. I've got it open. That's not... Somebody may have got it right. Okay, so I don't know. You, you, I mean, I haven't got the document in front of me. Okay, well, well so... yeah, I mean, if, if we go for it. Um, so, presumably, you want me to go straight to your name. Um... <laughs> Alphabetical order, I guess. Well, according to mine, your Man City prediction has been deleted. Um so you'll have to tell me what it was. I presume it was uh, uh, th- three, uh, three, one, three one. Well, that's three, that's one. that's that's funny because so was mine. Um, so 
Well, there you yeah, go. which is about the first one I've been right all season. Uh, on oh, no, a second one, sorry. Second one all season. So um, if I, even I can guess, then um, I'm not giving you too much credit. Um, but <laughs> yes, so uh, this week we're coming back with the review pod on uh, Sunday night. I believe it will be Hambo, DR, Sai and Chris, uh, Conway Chris. And then Love Sport will be back with you on Tuesday um, with people as yet undecided. Um, but in the meantime, I hope you all have a lovely long Easter weekend. Enjoy the heat and uh, enjoy, hopefully, us getting at least a point against Arsenal. In the meantime, up the palace. <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.